Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Product Coalition European Tour where today I'm very excited to be joined by Vamsi Krishna Whoopalapati. Welcome Vamsi. Hey, glad to be here. How great, are you? Great to have you on. I'm really looking forward to the session. Apologies, I'm not in Berlin and we're not meeting face-to-face as planned. Totally fine and um, kudos to you that you're trying to keep it up uh, even virtually during these crisis times. Thanks, thanks a lot. I'm sure the audience is going to get plenty of value out of this session regardless. If you are tuning in, this is a remote recording of the podcast. Unfortunately, it's not face-to-face, so we may have some dropouts or audio issues. Apologies for that. Doing my best given the situations for these remote recordings. So this episode and every episode of the Product Coalition European Tour is dedicated to raising awareness and support for the bushfire-affected communities and wildlife in Australia. If you enjoy this episode, you can show your support for three different causes, the volunteer firefighters, the wildlife, or the National Bushfire Fund of Australia over at bushfire.productcoalition.com. Now, I'm visiting well, not visiting, recording with product leaders across five cities in Europe. And I'm doing that to gain insights, knowledge and experience to share with you, the the global product coalition community. If you've just discovered the community, welcome to Product Coalition. We're a group of 500,000 readers, 6,000 Slack members and thousands of podcast listeners. And if you'd like to know more about the community as a whole or grab a membership, you can do so over at platform.productcoalition.com. Now, I'd like to get started by giving a, a thank you to some brands and individuals that have been significant donors to the campaign so far. First up is UserPilot. UserPilot is a code for a user onboarding and adoption tool designed especially for product management teams. UserPilot helps to increase conversion, user retention rates and reduce churn by guiding new users to their first aha moment with interactive walkthroughs, contextual product tours and onboarding checklists. It allows product managers to build fully customizable behavior-triggered in-app experiences with a simple visual editor. Go to userpilot.com to grab a demo and get a free trial. Shobitchug is a Google product manager. Showbit helps product managers become product leaders and have careers they can be proud of. Head over to intentionalproductmanager.com and sign up for Showbit's free class on the habits that turn product managers into exceptional product leaders and help them move through their careers fast. Product-led teams like Mixpanel and Flexport know that the best time to capture engagement is when a user is already inside the product. That's why they use Chameleon to drive feature adoption, build onboarding flows and gather user feedback. You can give it a go at trychameleon.com forward slash success. Two individuals I'd also like to thank are Rich Miranoff and Chris Miles. Now, Vamsi, I'm looking forward to getting stuck in and talking about the untold opportunity of building products in the, in the circular economy with you. This is going to be great. Yeah, yeah, I'm super excited to be here for that. Before we get stuck into the topic, do you mind giving us a bit of bit of background on yourself, Ramsey, and your your path into product? Sure thing. Um, so I come from a very humble, uh, middle class, educated Indian family. Um, so, so both my parents have have been working uh, with with government of, of India uh, and the states over there representing uh, um, accounts and engineering departments. Um, so so if you look into Indian middle class, most of the guys would be would be moving towards becoming engineers or medicals. Um, so yeah, by default, I have chosen an engineering path. 
um not super successful with my uh, studies in the the early stages but uh, i started working uh, as a as a uh, qa engineer uh, pretty much moved towards uh, becoming a product analyst and uh, worked for four years around with sap and consulting and a little bit with oracle and and um, i did my masters in business um, at smurfit business school in um, university college dublin um, got a great opportunity to work as a strategy consultant there with british telecom and then i started uh, uh, my product management career with fidelity investment that was back in 2010 um, so with fidelity we were trying to build a very unique bpm product suite uh, for all the brokerage and fund management companies um, So, so it was it was an internal kind of a SaaS uh, product at that point in time that gave me an opportunity to venture into what product management is all about. Though I've started kind of a, an agile product owner, where most of my job was, um, you know, collaborating with the senior product leaders um, and um, and working very closely with my designer and and engineering teams. Um, So after the, after my I've been doing hop on hop off tours. Uh, so for two two and half, for around two years I was with Fidelity and then um, took a took a kind not a break uh, kind of um, uh, I, I took an opportunity to become an entrepreneur where um, during those days in Bangalore. Um, There's a lot of startup ecosystem hype coming in back in 2012, 2013. It was not just a hype, but but fundamentally it was it was in the initial stages. So we thought like, uh, why can't we do a product management consulting uh, uh, action for all those startups where we would be able to help the super smart founders um, in order to build their MVP, validate it, uh, the right uh, way to go to the market, and try to hit on um, helping them. Some sort of a uh, uh, you know pitch decks for the for the uh, angel investors. In those days, it was not a very open um, VC culture in, ba- in Bangalore. So did that for two years, quite um, quite okay. Uh, but we did not make revenues. Uh, it was close to around two years. And then um, meanwhile, we also did some pivot of uh, doing this consulting for um, MNCs, um, made some revenues. But then um, we shut the shop. Uh, some with some learnings and moved towards uh, the industry where I joined a super interesting uh, startup at that at those times called Lazada, uh, which was famously termed as Amazon of Southeast Asia. Today it's um, acquired by Alibaba a couple of years back, um, and and it's it's the largest Southeast uh, largest e-commerce player in Southeast Asia. So I was uh, leading the product team for supply chain, a little bit of cross-border commerce, um, and mainly uh, last mile. Um, as I told you, uh, I was on hop on hop off tour. Uh, so Lazada, I was traveling around all Southeast Asian countries to get stuff done. At the same time, working with multiple stakeholders, it was a overwhelming experience. Um, after a couple of years, uh, during the times when uh, we were acquired uh, by Alibaba, so there was a time where I had to do some explorative um, options. Whether I wanna. I want to come back to India or opportunities. Though opportunities were there, I chose to move back to India. Though, I, though there was a short stint uh, uh, in Singapore at the same time, moved back to India, joining a super interesting startup called Rento Mojo. Uh, Rento Mojo uh, is is very much focused for the millennials and Gen Zs who doesn't want to 
own products by buying, but uh, by subscribing or renting. Um, so it's mainly for the B two B two C commerce, the initial stages of the company. Um, initially joined uh, joined to uh, take care of product and multiple other verticals like customer experience and stuff. Um, was there for around two years where we we moved from a pre-seed situation to series B situation for around two years. Um, uh, we, we've grown um, from almost 15, 20 subscribers when I joined to 50,000 subscribers. Um, I, there was there was amazing experience with, with some of the um, co-founders uh, that I worked with at that point in time. And uh, I was leading a product, customer experience and risk operations. Um, and uh, lead teams of around like 80 to 85. Uh, did an exit after Series B. Um, and uh, once again, um, I continued my hop on, hop off, thinking like, you know, I want to explore the other part of the world, which is Europe, once again. And I came to Berlin. Um, so tried exploring uh, myself with different strains. Uh, Hallofresh was great for some time. Um, I was leading the products over there for getting Hallofresh into new markets and innovation. Uh, but at the same time, I got uh, hooked with another opportunity. It's not just an opportunity, my observation, that what we tried solving in the markets with Rentamojo back in India was the same problem in uh, in this part of the world, especially European cities. So that's where I started uh, working on. And uh, initially, we, we launched B2C, uh, where we tried building the product uh, in order to provide furniture and rentals uh, for free, uh, sorry, for a subscription basis. Um, and uh, and then did a quick pivot and now uh, focusing on B2B uh, to solve the problems of CapEx and converting them to OpEx and all almost all sorts of maintenance problems. So, so currently what we are trying to do is like um, you know, rent rest is... Uh, startup um, where we are trying to um, provide uh, you know subscription based services for for co-working spaces housing market uh, small and medium tier companies so that whenever they want to rent out their, uh, their apartments by furnishing we take care of all the furnishing needs we do the furnishing whether it is appliances furniture uh, and we charge on a uh, on an end-to-end basis on a monthly perspective. So, so that's fundamentally I've, I've, I was I've been doing. It's 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 a great hop-on hop-off tour, and yeah, lovely <laughs> to be here. Wow, your tour sounds like it's never ending. It makes my tour look like a, a drop in the ocean compared to your tour um, over the years. <laughs> Fantastic, and what what a great experience! I mean, outside of product management, what a great experience! I'm sure. Um, to be able to to do that travel as well and experience different countries and cultures um, whilst also leading into the economy and some business problems. That's amazing. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Uh, yeah, I'm enjoying my ride so far. So good. Um, let's see, if the especially the COVID situation is uh, totally different and uh, a lot of innovation has to happen, changing the business model. So let's see. Yeah, yeah, there's certainly plenty of pivoting to come um, from many yeah. businesses and products with what's happening Absolutely. right now. Um, do you mind giving us a bit of an intro into, um, unfortunately I can't be in Berlin, so I don't know what the product ecosystem's like over there. Could you could you talk me through what I'm, what, what have I missed out on by, by not being able to get to Berlin, Ramsey? Sure thing. Um, it's, I mean, it's super interesting to be in Berlin um, 
apart from the covid situation uh, which has which has really triggered almost all the markets almost all the startup ecosystems down um, but but i can only speak about my experience uh, that's coming from uh, southeast asian markets or indian markets or uh, predominantly working with uh, you know value based companies in the past um, so berlin is in a, in a very interesting stage mainly because uh, if you look into the the uh, economical strength of germany the backbone one of the key backbones that they say is like the middle stand companies and uh, these middle stand companies are the ones which were built by the baby boomers of 70s and 80s mainly into manufacturing automobile and industrial related ones and then um, there's a lot of it dot com and boom that has come uh, from america uh, which was captured pretty well by um, you know uh, uk uh, a little bit by europe but mainly by india and uh, china um, but but there was also a shift from it services to product based companies and product innovation that was happening um, which started uh, at, in berlin uh, uh, around like five seven years back which means like it is at the start of the growth on the on the curve uh, when it comes to uh, innovation uh, innovation with startup ecosystem um so so berlin has tremendous opportunity at the same time it's not as matured as silicon valley or uh, you know not on top of the game like beijing or or not even a huge ecosystem like bangalore um so berlin uh, comes with an integrity of very young professionals artistic people that are coming with different mindset at the same time um, good great entrepreneurs who have already been successful and trying to help out the ecosystem it's a little small but um, but lot of uh, opportunity and lot of value prop in order to uh, build great products for the world um, there is there are also some downsides um, which is like berlin uh, ecosystem if you look into it largely uh, maybe it's because of the experience of the then founders compared to the now founders um, product was always termed as um, you know kind of a part of an it service where the business stakeholders would require um, you know some would have some requirements in order to convert them into an it solution and product guys were perceived as just the bridge um, but slowly the ecosystem also realized like you know businesses are nothing but uh, models of the product um, so so that that uh, education and the transformation is has picked up has picked up in the very recent times um i'm bullish about the ecosystem how it is at least shaping up uh, but 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 long way to go brilliant thank you thanks for sharing that's good to hear so let's get stuck into the topic of building products in the circular economy do you mind defining the circular economy for us to get started yeah, sure um you so i would i would probably give my own definition uh you know what you get over from world economic forum to uh you know wikipedia google might be a little different so so uh, any any product or 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 a service um which um extends its lifetime nature um depending on the touch points uh, of the product how it is being used either by companies or by clients or by consumers um is predominantly a circular economy so to keep it to keep it a little simple um whenever for example um when there is a product let's take an example of 
a dining table okay um, a dining table uh, if you get into the typical marketplace buying selling model a dining table you know would be bought for x price and would be used by a consumer for around 2 years and after 2 years it might go back uh, to the it might go not back it, it would go to the secondary market um, and secondary market obviously the the value would decrease at the same time the lifetime of um, that would also get reduced because in the secondary market there it is only changing the hands once or twice and then it is going almost to the trash around third or fourth year um, after you know changing the hands of two or three customers or people so on and so forth what's happening here is um, the lifetime of this particular product called dining table would actually would have been around like 8 to 10 years even with wear and tear uh, but what but because it is going on to the trash it is typically going to the waste around 4 to 5 years which is like fundamentally uh, you know uh, there's a lot of waste that is happening so a circular economical product is something where someone who would come it, it might be a secondary market or it might be a rental market those guys would say like hey we have this particular product and uh, you use uh, for uh, two years and then we would move it to for another client or another customer for another two years like that we would try to continue we would extend the lifetime of the product for another 8 9 years at least um, though the value rental would be decreased constantly but but the lifetime of it has been it uh, has been increased which generates higher value of the product and also better thing for the ecosystem so that's where circular economy is all about it's like you know the product is not just getting onto the trash very soon it is moving from hand to hand um so that's that's also termed as shared economy so on so forth okay all right interesting do you mind talking me through then what what's the opportunity in the product space for designing or building products with intent for that type of economy um it's it's also an interesting question because um because if you talk if you need to talk about sorry if you need to talk about um how the opportunity is there henceforth um we have to take a little step back on and how the whole economy has been evolving how the trends are coming in um i'm i'm still um keeping covid as a constant we can also talk about you know the influence or challenges of covid or something um but but if you look into the global trends largely you know urbanization is a huge global trend uh you know a climate change is a big global trend the consumption of millennials is is something which is remarkably changing the way a lot of business models are happening and uh, the influence of technology the people say industry 4.0 so on and so forth uh, the impact of ai and ml so these trends is what we first need to understand um, but when you when you want to understand these trends if you let's talk about you know quickly urbanization um, there is an estimate that that showcases like within this decade another 1 billion people are going to get added towards the urbanization aspects and if you i know this urbanization would have multiple uh, product categories or businesses like co-living private rental spaces student housing uh, you know uh, rental of properties for multiple products it can it, it might not just be furniture or appliances it can be for electronic products uh, fashion so on and so forth now climate change as as we were talking about the circular economical definition some time back climate change is where it has a huge impact uh, that uh, you know there are 
economic losses that are also coming from the ecological impact. You know, around $129 billion of uh, economical impact has happened because of the climate change. They say there is 7% increase in CO2 emission. Um, so these are all factors that we need to consider. And then I was we were talking about like millennial consumption. So if you look into the millennials, um, you know, US, uh, India is just a millennial country like uh, by 2024 or 2025, they say like, or at least it's predicted that 75% of Indian uh, population would be with an average age of 26, which is like around uh, close to 800 million people. And uh, the spending power of millennials might might increase um, to $23 trillion uh, in another coming uh, decade. Um, so, so these are the trends um, and opportunities that we 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 definitely have to look at. And and for me, for building any product, if you have to consider something, um, I genuinely believe that uh, you know the human needs, whenever they are met, um, that's where the maximum amount of commerce or the product value would be generated. And that's where you know we can probably talk about millennials around for here. Okay, interesting. Can I ask? Yeah. Um, we've we've talked through the the opportunity space there and the problem area. When it comes to prototyping or experimenting on a product concept for the circular economy, is it any different to traditional SaaS, for instance? Um, and if so, how? Yeah. So, um, I so. Once again, it comes from the behavioral aspect, the behavioral change. So if you look into the millennials or the Gen Zs, um, the way they are, um, their purchase behavior, um, their lifestyle, all these things have a huge impact if you want to build certain amount of product. So let's let's talk about, um, you know, a, a category called electronics, okay? Um, so... Earlier, millennials were using electronics just to chat among themselves, uh, or Gen Zs or chat among themselves. Um, uh, but but today, it's it's more about it has moved from a normal e-commerce purchase behavior to a social commerce, wherein there are a lot of influencers who are making an impact on the millennials or millennials themselves trying to become influencers with the likes of Instagram or TikTok and many other products that are in the market where they would they would themselves be able to showcase the actual value add of the product in terms of videos so that a lot of consumers would be able to build uh, would be able to buy it i can give you a, a certain trend that is happening um, which is like if you if you look into uh, the millennials and and uh, the way they are their purchase patterns are social commerce has just started um, as an impact if you look into the wave earlier the commerce was coming in the first wave was mainly on uh, uh, youtube's facebook so on so forth the second wave of sorry the first wave was youtube uh, e-commerce companies so on so forth the second wave has come with instagram uh, TikTok, so on, so for the third wave of uh, social commerce is is going to be pretty much video and content based. That's where a lot of social apps that are coming in. Um, I can I can probably talk about one or two. Um, you, can, you can you can look at uh, SimSim in India. Even during their early stages, they are able to uh, pick uh, a lot of traction. There is some amazing product uh, called Misho where they were able to tap. Uh, the social commerce uh, of, of different uh, groups via WhatsApp. 
Um, so these are these are amazing uh, opportunities and trends that you would be able to see the way behavioral impact would have on building the products. Fantastic, thank, fantastic, thank you. Can I ask what what type of metrics do you use when bringing a product like this to market to identify that you're on the right path to success? Uh, again, are they different to traditional SaaS metrics? Um, yes. So if we are talking about, uh, you know, the circular economical products, so, so fundamentally, if you, if you take it on a very high level, uh, or, or on the, or on the top view, uh, the metrics are always almost the same. Uh, if it is an e-commerce company, they look at, you know, the GMV as one of the metrics. If it is a, a SaaS product, it is an ARR and MRR that they're trying to look into it. For example, what we're trying to build, uh, you know, the circular economical product, which is a little between uh, B2B and uh, B2C. Um, so, so for us, uh, one of the key important metrics is uh, the CLT and CLTV, uh, the CAC versus the CLTV. Um, so if it is a consumer product, if we are looking at, uh, fundamentally, we look at, you know, the metric of, you know, what is the amount of cost that we are able to spend in order to acquire the particular customer. Uh, the second metric, most important one is like how well we are able to engage this particular customer um, for these 12 months or 13 months of time. Let's take an example. Just a couple of examples. Um, HelloFresh um, typically sells um, subscription-based online meal kits, right? Um, or, or if you want to take... Uh, um, Netflix. So Netflix is, you know, selling video content online on a subscription basis. So I come on uh, Netflix. Um, so there is certain amount of CAC that is involved. Um, imagine if a CAC is around $50 uh, to acquire me. It depends on the, the amount of lifetime that I'm actually engaged with Netflix. If it is six months, then it is um, the ratio of ratio between the my lifetime uh, with uh, uh, with the CAC. So these are the main metrics. Um, of course, during this engagement, what are the better ways in order to, you know, make your product so well so that the end consumers or the customers would be able to talk about your product, refer your product for more people. Um, so that's that is something um, which which is one of the key factors or key indicators uh, to to imply the network effects and social commerce in the very near future is all about net, network effects. Brilliant, thank you, thank you. Can I ask what are some of the challenges you're seeing right now when it comes to building products with with the context of this COVID nineteen situation? Um, so that's, uh, that's a very, uh, interesting thing. Uh, interesting. I mean, for, for the innovation aspect or as mm. a product persona, um, or, or part of, uh, the, the ecosystem, um, it's, it's, it's really, uh, a challenging situation for any one of us take not just the large institutions, even the small to the smallest institutions where people constantly have to move towards pivoting their business models and according to the needs. So let's talk about COVID. Okay, pre-COVID, I, I can only talk about pre-COVID and now COVID. I, I don't know much about what's going to happen, you know, in the very near future of one year, probably for a three months prediction, right? So yeah. pre-COVID, what was the situation? Um, Pre-COVID, people were able to go um, online either buy the products on Insta or download the social apps or go online, buy the products, and they're able to, uh, um, you know, increase uh, the revenues or values of of the 
businesses in, in turn uh, getting the products um, the customers are also getting good value but then when covid has come into picture all the numbers have changed when we talk about the numbers not just the markets so uh, so th- there is huge trend for fashion that was coming uh, that was happening from past 1 to 2 years especially in the social commerce markets now fashion if it has to grow up then fashion is fundamentally uh, a product where people would love um, to to uh, you know wear their attitude and uh, and uh, you know while while mingling socially with people whether it is at your workplace or whether it is at a party place or some coffee shops and so forth but that situation is not there now then what's happening to the fashion market it might it it's definitely the sales and the revenues are really going down but if you look into a market called um, you know healthcare healthcare there was definitely an upsurge of sales if you look into human if you sorry if you look into the um, fitness market home fitness market specifically there is an upsurge in sales because people are staying back if you look into productivity app there is definitely an upsurge in sales what i'm trying to say is like during covid situation if you want to build a covid solid product understanding the human needs becomes very important in this covid situation if i'm staying back at my home what do i do from morning till evening and what are the what are the possible top notch priority things that i would do like whether it is on slack or whether i'm chatting with uh, my my colleagues or i'm able to download some uh, apps in order to work or build some more thing more products or do i actually sit back at home and start constantly purchase if i am purchasing am i purchasing fashion products or electronic products versus uh, am i purchasing grocery products because i don't know um for the near future if i would be able to get them or not at the same time should i purchase bulky or should i have some sort of limitation like you know hey the needs might change in the near future so so the covid so building covid solid products becomes a huge challenge which means like once again trying to understand once again talking to the customers and quickly trying to um you know um change or pivot your model uh, would be an advantage i'm talking only about um you know startups over here because large companies um you know if if airbus has to build innovation so it would take a lot of time for airbus and um, if they have decided innovation or innovative model maybe the covid situation would have been passed you never know so that's the covid solved situation the predicting is like maybe for 3 to 6 months whatever you're trying to build predict it with an assumption for 3 to 6 months definitely still talk to talk to your possible clients and possible customers uh, in order to see whether you know you want to build this particular pivoted product now how big is this particular product how large is this business model is going to be pivoted you should definitely assess the impact whether you want to keep on halt for some time or you want to go further interesting thank you for sharing i can certainly imagine there's um many a data scientists out there right now during this covid situation is seeing their machine learning models completely screwed up due to change of behaviors patterns etc of people being at home and ch- it changes everyone's lives completely absolutely maybe there is also a possible you know prediction in the very near future like because of covid it is also an example for a lot of businesses and and especially governments to take an initiative to uh, push um, you know circular economical models socially or you know shared economical models uh, further 
um, so that we not just take care of our uh, businesses, but also there is an impact uh, ecologically. We don't know. You know, we need to see. Yeah, certainly going to, I think, provoke mindset shifts or accelerate mindset shifts and accelerate concepts like the sharing economy and circular economy um, rapidly now. Thank you so much, Famsi, for talking me and the audience through the the circular economy and the opportunity of building products in this space. I've really enjoyed and and learned a lot from this episode. Likewise, thanks a lot uh, for, for this opportunity. Um, of course, I'm also, I've, I've been following your uh, podcast and there's there's a lot of uh, learnings uh, and, and it's, it's always about how well we would be able to learn and, uh, and uh, evolve ourselves. Brilliant, brilliant. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you to everyone for listening in or watching on YouTube. It's It's been a pleasure to host Vamsi and bring Vamsi to you for this episode. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and please remember that uh, this recording and all the recordings of the European Tour are dedicated to raising awareness and funds for the bushfire-affected communities of Australia who will undoubtedly take a toll from the COVID situation as well due to the lost tourism dollar that Australia is typically so dependent on. If you'd like to support three different causes you've got the volunteer firefighters the wildlife or the national bushfire fund there you can do so over at bushfire.productcoalition.com famsey thank you again for being part of this episode it's been great pleasure has been mine thanks a lot jay thank you and thank you all for listening in i'll bring you a new episode very soon Cheers. <laughs>